Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. So happy to be with you today. It's Tuesday, July 29th. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister Julie Dolan is in Dallas, Texas. Julie, we are wrapping up a year of Tuesday shows today. I know, sister. I can't believe it. We made this sort of vague promise to ourselves like, okay, let's see if we can do two shows a week. And and you and me, Leon, we'll do them, right? <laughs> Isn't that the way we sort of started out? Yeah. Right? But here we are, the end of July. And we've actually lived up to our commitment, which... I feel pretty good about it. I do too. I And I have really enjoyed these Tuesday shows. So here's what's happening. Um, we are going to take the month of August off. It's a hiatus, as they say, in the business. We're going to renew, recharge. Uh, we have some personal and professional goals we'll share a little bit later in the show for August. Um, and, and also we've noticed over the years, we'll be honest, that no one listens to podcasts in August. So it's a good time for us to take um, a month off. Are we going of, to Hawaii, Leanne? No, not, well, like I'm not. I, I can't speak. Doesn't she you. take care, oh, everyone on her staff to Hawaii for the hiatus? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Yes. Well, when Oprah calls, we'll go to Hawaii with her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was last September when I said, let's just start doing some shows on Tuesday. Julie and I like came up with the day and let's see what happens. And we have enjoyed it. And really, I was counting up. We've done almost 100 shows this year, Joel. So that's really? pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. I know it's amazing. Between the twice a week shows and the special um, interviews and things like that, a hundred shows, I think is pretty good. So um, I'm looking forward to August and uh, I know, uh, and then looking forward to September. So there you have it. Um, We have a full show today. I was at Comic-Con this weekend having a different experience than our sister Liz. Tell you about that. Uh, Julie, you're having me week. I, I'm mm-hmm. excited to hear what you what you're doing because it sounded frankly like a pretty ambitious, busy plan when you outlined it on the weekend show. Um, we have some trends we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm hoping to have a breakthrough in August, so I've been seeking out some break, break and on many fronts. I just not a breakdown, but a breakthrough. <laughs> I like that. Yes. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you that we have some books to recommend, and then Julie, I. I have to tell you about a conversation I overheard on the train on my way to Comic-Con. I managed to hold my tongue on the train, but I must get this conversation out to the world. So uh, that's that's our show for today. But first, okay, so I did take my 16-year-old son and his friend, uh, Philip, to Comic-Con for the weekend. This is what they bill now as uh, a popular culture conference. You started with comic books, but now it's everything. And I know Liz was there in a professional capacity. She Um, was at sort of the summit level, right? Yeah. Say VIP level. It sounded like... Like she was really hobnobbing with television and movie stars. Uh, So that wasn't your experience. Well, Um, I mean, again, she was working and this was one of the weird things for me, Julie. I've been to many conferences over the last decade. Everything from Blog Her to the Women's Conference to the LA Auto Show. 
I'm always working. Like I've yes. usually got either a panel I'm on or attending or a press pass. I, you know, I'm doing some reportage. Uh, and this was, <laughs> I looked at the schedule last week. I'm like, I don't have anything to do. I don't have any official role here. I can just go and actually enjoy this giant uh, popular culture conference. And But then I had to remember that I was going to be with my 16-year-old son. And so that's some that's some work. You're you're still the mom. You're still the adult. You have to, you know. I mean, you don't have to monitor them, uh, but you do. You know, you're in charge, right? Well, 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 that was the hard thing. I was trying not to be too in charge. Like this okay. is really. I wasn't really going for me. Like I only had a pass for one day. He had two day passes. I just had a pass for Saturday. I just wanted to make sure that my craziness didn't inflict or affect his enjoyment of the event. Because, <laughs> you know, I like to plan things out. I like to be there really early. I like to do this. I like to jam in as much as possible. Like, you know, I like to, like, memorize and absorb the schedule and then, you know, map out where I'm going. And that is not really how he operates. <laughs> so, Okay, he's more organic, Leanne. He's yeah. sort of in the moment. Yeah. That's Okay. Okay. No. That's a, that's a different approach. So good... it, it was very different for me emotionally and, you know, psychologically going to this conference. Um, so he, I'd just like to issue some shout outs because we had a fantastic time and I was able to do it. And I did say to him, I'm going to try not to be me this weekend. And he said, that's a good idea. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. First of all, shout out to Amtrak. The smartest thing I did was take the dang train, Julie, because, well, and I know if you live on the East Coast, you're like, well, of course you take the train. But on the West Coast, we don't really have a train mentality, as it no. were. We have a car mentality. Everyone hops in the car. San Diego is theoretically not that far away unless it's Comic-Con when the three-hour drive can take up to six hours. So we got on the train. We pre-made our reservations because that's what they told me to do on the website. No walk-ons, Comic-Con. The trains are packed. We got on that Amtrak. Julie, I relaxed the second I got on that train. Trains are fantastic. Well, that's right. I mean, you're out there in that Southern California culture where all you do is you're like in traffic all the time. All the time. It doesn't matter what hour of the day. It's no. always traffic, right? Yeah. And so sit back and relax. You're on Amtrak. Okay, it's exactly what I did. And, you know, the train moves just enough. I couldn't even really read. So I just spaced out and looked out the window for three hours. Okay. Shout out to the train. That was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, we took it down. We took it back. We availed ourselves of public transportation while we were there. The Comic-Con has an extensive shuttle line. We, I booked a hotel on the shuttle. That all worked out fantastic. So hats off to the train and that. All right. Also, Julie, I would like to shout out to the men in kilts. Now, one of the things I did want to go see was the Outlander panel. You know, I've been talking about this TV I show. Know. I know. You're really tempting me, Lee, and I think I might have to. Oh, um, you got it. Dip into the kilt. Oh, Julie, yeah. you're going to go nuts. You got oh. to. Okay? okay. This is the this is the Diana Gabalon. I always mispronounce her name. Uh, this is the series that came out like 25 years ago. That's a hugely popular. Uh, it's like fantasy, time travel, romance, historical fiction series. And um, the, she sold like she sold like nine zillion copies, and there were like 27 books or something. So I'm not the only fan looking forward to the television series. It is coming to stars in August. And I knew they were going to have a big presence at Comic-Con because I follow Outlander on Twitter. 
And uh, they were building a Scottish castle inside. There was a panel with the author, with the director of the series, with all the stars. And Julie, uh, even better, there was just marauding gangs of men in kilts going up and down the streets of San Diego with bagpipes and flags, handing out Outlander plaid bandanas so i'm happy to say that i got one of those <laughs> whoa land that is quite the catch was, hey, i'm sure you wore it proudly for the rest of comic-con is that I, I did well i used it to mop my brow several times uh but i have it now it's been washed i'm gonna wear it for when the show debuts unfortunately i did not have a pass for the day of the panel i was hoping i could maybe score one but that didn't happen. But I still was able to partake in the Outlander madness at Comic-Con because of the, the marauding band of men in kil kilts. <laughs> that was cool. Okay. All right. Uh, I would also like to give a shout out to the line managers at Comic-Con. All right. Here's the deal, Joel. Uh, Liz, I know outlined what happens in hall h at hall comic -Con, h right? yes we're all familiar now we all know we you know next time when we go to comic-con we'll know what's going on in hall h yes well we had our sights set on a panel that was happening in the second largest hall ballroom 20 okay <laughs> so hall h holds like six thousand people ballroom 20 4500 people hmm. and we were interested in seeing the simpsons panel Saturday morning at 10 a.m., okay? Matt Groening was going to be there to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the show. There's Mia. Right I know, there she is. We have to thank Mia because she has been on every show <laughs> uh, I, on Tuesday and many Sundays as well. Yeah. And we're just happy to have her on board. She has her own fan set, as you know, Leanne, because you I put know. that picture up of her on our Facebook group. And that I, we got such a huge response. So... Mia's taking a hiatus as well during the month of August. I wish. I wish she was taking a hiatus from barking. <laughs> That's so much. Okay, back to Ballroom 20. Okay. Simpsons, 10 a.m. Saturday. What's your strategy? So that's our goal. So uh, here's the thing. I, you know, I'm online. I'm following. I'm now following the line. The, the, the Ballroom 20 line has its own Twitter feed. All right. Oh. So here's the deal. They say, really, you have to get there by 6 a.m. To, to think you're going to get into a 10 o'clock panel in ballroom 20. So, you know, it's hard to get a 16 year old, especially two 16 year olds up. We have to get up at five 30, get on the shuttle and get into San Diego to the conference by six o'clock. And I was suspicious that they were going to want to do this. The first day they were in the hall, they bought their comic books. They bought a bunch of stuff, figurines. They were there for seven hours. They were wiped out. So I said, are you sure you're going to want to get up? Because we got to make this commitment tonight. And they said, we are sure. Well, at least my son said, I am sure. And Philip, who is untainted by popular culture, has never seen an episode of The Simpsons. Philip is my kind of boy. I'm I know. sure he's a very fine gentleman, right? He because is. Because he has not been corrupted by the, by the evil power, The Simpsons. No. Okay. Good. But he's Good game. You, he knows, you know, he's, he knows he's got to get on board. So he's game. So we get up and Julie, I got to tell you, it's 6 a.m. in San Diego. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in line at 6 a.m. And you take any conference center in America, right? It's like two blocks long. San Diego Conference Center, same deal. 
We show up at 6 a.m. We're dropped off by we by the shuttle at the north end of the conference center. We know the line forms on the east side, midway down the east side. We go. Oh, there's the beginning of the line. And then we just keep walking and walking and walking. We literally walk almost all around the conference center to where the cab dropped us off the shuttle. It was just so funny. And we were like, we are never going to get in. And this wasn't the only line. This is just the ballroom 20 line. There's the hall H line. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It is 6 a.m. And there are you know, 15,000 people standing in line. <laughs> I see, Leanne, when you said they said we should get in line by 6 a.m., I was like, who is that? The men in the kilts? Uh, no, that is just costume? those in the know. The many people in the know. So you were right to go at 6 a.m. Yeah. That's amazing that there's that kind of enthusiasm for Ballroom 20. You know what was also amazing was how fantastic the line management was. And that is not something you've ever heard me say before. You know my patience no. for waiting in line. I have like a 10-second fuse. I mean, I... I yeah. No, no, don't ever get in line with Liam. I'm said, terrible. It's awful. It's awful. It really is. It's just, it's, you know it's going to be bad, and it always is. You and just it, can't control yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because the lines are managed poorly. That... <laughs> It's not that I mind the act of kind. Oh, you know, oh, it's kind of a control thing, Leon. But go ahead. Yes, go ahead. So, but here we are. It's six a.m. We're getting in line. We're like, well, I guess we'll just get in line. You know, at least if we don't get into the ballroom, if we're aced out of that, then at least we'll just be in Comic Con really early, and we can go to the alternative panel I had picked out, which was a panel about Snoopy. So, uh, the sibling relationships and Snoopy. I thought that would be fine. That so nice. I thought it sounded nice. So, um, Julie, these people were fantastic. You know, the people in the yellow windbreakers that are at every event, the mm-hmm, CSC mm-hmm. people, yes. they could not have been nicer. They could not have been warmer. They could not have been more knowledgeable. There were hundreds of volunteers, people, I guess, volunteered for like three to four hour shifts. I came to find out so they can get a pass for the day. They were fantastic. I mean, we were all the way around the conference center. And then they moved us just like to a free form line in a parking lot. Meanwhile, the Hall H line was like wrapped around going down the docks, back up the docks, down the Esplanade. It was unbelievable. And no one was complaining. No one was whining. They had moved us in and out of there. There was complete disclosure in the line, which is what I appreciated. They kept informing us like, You are going to move into the conference center now at 8.30. Please gather your things. Be prepared. 8.30 exactly. Boom. The line starts to move. It's exciting. And then you come to a full stop where there's another whole sort of, they give you tickets. And it's not a guarantee that you're going to get in, but you're put into groups A, B, C, D. We're in group B. It's looking good for us. And then we're informed like, okay, you will be in this position for another 45 minutes. You may get out of line if you need to go to the bathroom or get something to eat. Now's the time to do it. The people behind you and in front of you can save your spot. Julie, this was a fantastic line management system. This was like NASA level line Maybe, management. Can we send them down to the border, Leanne? Exactly. We have this huge immigration issue down there. We could use some management. I mean, really, if we just had a really good line, maybe that could really help out down there. I, I am so. telling you, and here's the thing. No one was whining or complaining because it was all like above board. First of all, there's an ethos there. No one cuts in line. 
No one saves spots. That is not how it works. The other, even though people, some people had slept in line, they were not like cranky. And the third thing is you're not, no one drinks at Comic-Con. And overall, in general, that just means people don't lose it. It's not like being at a sporting event where people lose it or anything. There's no beer at Comic-Con. There's no drinking. People are there to have a good time, all ages. I, I have never spent three and a half more delightful hours in line. Totally fine. We got in. We made friends with our line mates. They gave us a lot of inside tips. Uh, I was worried about the young woman ahead of me when I heard her say, well, I think after this, I'm going to go give blood so I can get free snacks. <laughs> I was like, really? She lives in an alternative universe, Leanne. That's <laughs> That's what it's. I was like, I have some Ritz crackers in my backpack. You don't have to give blood. But no, there's a big blood drive there. There's a lot of social activism. She was going to give blood. Of course, the blood drive is sponsored by True Blood, the TV show, and they get snacks. So she was totally psyched to do that. All I can tell you is when we started going in, it was so exciting. And then you're standing there for four hours or sitting, or lying on the ground, or doing whatever. And then when they load you in at like 10 of 10, they're like, let's go, let's go, move it, keep it up, keep it up. They're like cheering us as we went into ballroom 20. It was awesome. So hats off to the line management there. Okay, Leanne, that's uh, that's quite a report. Yeah, Good. we Good. loved we loved our panel. So hats off to Hologram Homer. There was actually a hologram uh, in the panel, first time they had ever done that. Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, um, actually spent uh, did a really funny bit where he talked to the Homer hologram. I won't go in too much to The Simpsons thing. I feel like we've discussed that, but it was a highlight for my son's life. He absolutely loved it, and I think we have turned untainted Philip. And I'm happy for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Leanna, there was a press report that I heard after I had talked to Liz and now that I wanted to to take up with you is that there were a group of women that were at Comic-Con and that they had uh, organized an online petition because they feel like that um, despite all the goodwill that you talked about at this convention, there is also some some undercurrents of sexual harassment there that some of the women that are there in costumes are stalked, they're groped, people are taking upskirting their, you know, photographs and things like that. Did you hear about any of that? Did you see about, see any of that? I, you know what? I read a similar story in the LA times before I left. So it did cause me to change my outfit. I was going to wear a dress and I went to, you know, a pants uh, ensemble. Uh, but, um, I didn't see any of that. And again, I I didn't, it's almost like I didn't see anything. There are so many people. So it doesn't surprise me. First of all, there are many women who are barely dressed. Uh, And there are many men who are barely dressed. As my son said, there are a lot of exposed male nipples here. I mean, (laughs) okay, Uh, there uh, just are. There's a whole flock of men that don't have any clothes on. Okay. So I don't, I'm sure, and you are pressed up against people in hallways. You are pressed up against people in, you know, uh, corridors, waiting in line. So I don't, I didn't see any of that. And I didn't experience any of that. So uh, for the most part, people seem to be enjoying themselves and having a good time. The people that came dressed in full costume seem to really want to have their pictures taken and be enjoyed for their costumes. 
Uh, they were elaborate and God bless them and they were fun to see. And I didn't know about 90% of the characters they were portraying because this really isn't my world, but uh, I didn't really see any of that and I didn't hear anyone talking about it. The other thing, Julie, that I think would surprise you in this day and age, it surprised me. There is absolutely zero security. Zero. Not even you didn't, you didn't have to have your uh, but Liz talked about some of like the fake weapons that people come in as they're yes. dressed in these costumes. They were scanning those. But other than that, you're not going through metal detectors no. and they're not checking backpacks. No, no, they're no. I can't believe how loose it is. And I think, hmm. you know, and I had, uh, because of our, like, we just had the hotel room for one night. We were taking the train out Saturday night. I had my wheelie bag with me and my intent was to check it. Uh, I was worried they weren't going to, cause I'm a worrier and overthinker. I was worried they weren't going <laughs> to let me into the line for ballroom 20. Cause I had a wheelie bag and you know, they were going to make me check it, but the conference wasn't open yet. And was I going to miss my opportunity? They, couldn't have cared less. I carried, I had my wheelie bag with me the whole day. Like who knows what could have been in there. So yes, there are many people carrying giant fake weapons. They check those to make sure they're not real, mm -hmm. but my suitcase, no. And it just, it surprised me. They don't look at your passes. They don't scan anything, nothing that you, you can go in and out, which is very unusual. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of conferences, yes. you right. can't go in and out. There's no in and out stuff. And there were a lot of really famous people there. You know, I, I, I wasn't so much worried about a general terrorist attack, but if, I don't know, if I were the director of Superman or, you know, if I was Ben Affleck, I, I might be concerned. Yeah. I mean, there, so it did, it was surprising in this day and age, even oh. though, you know, like when you go to a sporting event and they open up your bag and they, you know, look in for two seconds with a flashlight. You're like, really? Is that worth it? Is that, that going to really make a difference? Yeah. I don't know. But no. So well, that's very interesting. Do you think you would go back? Would you well, this is funny. As the last thing I'll say, I said to Colin as we were leaving, I said, well, you know, that was fun. I, I had fun. I genuinely had fun. And uh, I said, but you know, I don't have to do that every year. He's like, oh, I, I could go every year. So... <laughs> All right. So he's now inspired. He's in. He's, he's, in. he's, he's going in. back. He knows how to, you've exposed him to this right. world. He knows how to do it now. Take right. the train. He doesn't right. really need you anymore, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. You know? Other than, yeah. Other than he checking into the hotel. He sleep in line. It he seems could like sleep too. in line. But believe me. I mean, I had a wheelie bag, but there were people there that looked like they were Sherpas. Uh, they had backpacks and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really don't even have to give him any money for food because he can just give blood. He so he's, give blood. he's all set, Leon. <laughs> all right, what's happening in Me Week in Dallas? What are you Me doing? Week. Well, you know, I'm, I was inspired. Confluence of events. I am home alone for four days. It's not a full week, but I am trying to pack in as much of me stuff as I possibly can. Leon, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm up I'm up early in the morning. Before before the sun rises, I am out. I am exercising. I'm playing tennis. I'm walking the dog. I'm reading books, Leon. I I uh you know, I I have control of the remote control, Leon. I can I can eat when I want, Leon. I mean I'm like Sheila. I'm eating yeah. like five little meals every day. Oh, it's great. But one thing yesterday, I don't know even ha know how I had time to fit this in. I was determined to see the movie Boyhood. Have you heard oh, about this movie? I have. I cannot wait to see it. By Richard Linkletter. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, you know, it's it's a fascinating story. Um, it was made over a 12-year period that the same actors, Ethan Hawke, 
Patricia Arquette and L.R. Coltrane, who's the young boy, they all agreed to come back every year for 12 years. And for two weeks each year, they worked together and they've put together this. I, I mean, it's a masterpiece. This is this man's masterpiece about sort of growing up, you uh. know, I, I mean, it's just it's about so technically it's just absolutely fascinating to watch because to see the the characters um age fictionally but also the actors are aging and the you know the transformation with the young actor who plays the boy from from age 6 you know to where he's 18 i mean it's really amazing to see it so the performances are amazing the mother patricia arquette she just just blows your socks off. She's you know? a great I, actress. I always wonder, like, why doesn't she work more? And I know she probably works enough, and she's not a traditional beauty, but she's. I've always liked her work a lot. Oh my gosh, you are really going to like this. And so it's a story of this family. They're they're actually divorced parents in uh, that are raising this this boy and his sister, and it's sort of what happens to them. And it's about sort of the you know growing up about the loss of innocence, about how, you know, how sort of these seemingly inconsequential, like little events really sort of build, you know, that is your life. So it's, it's really thoughtfully done. It's a long movie. It's two hours and 45 minutes. It's an ideal thing to see in the month of August, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're, where so give yourself time to just go and enjoy this movie because it really is very very special and uh so who would like it i think if you if you are a mother of a son you are going to really enjoy this movie mm-hmm. if you were ever a child i think you were going to enjoy this movie you can't help but relate to sort of you know just the conversations the interactions they may not be your experience but there's something so familiar about the experiences and how it's how the movie is shot and how it plays out in a just you know a really graceful way i i think it's something very different and i would recommend it for everyone okay good julie so that that was a big hit on me week and so literally though i came home from that movie made myself my own little special dinner and then boom went right back to orange is the new black Lane, oh. which, is the, which is the netflix series series that i'm watching from nine to eleven each night so i mean i'm kind of exhausted from a me week i'm trying to take it a little slower today but um, i have a full afternoon of just things that i want to do okay so that. That's what's going on here, because you never know when if you're ever going to get four days again, Leon. Right, it could be a long time before you get four days. You never know. You never know. So you just really have to grab it with a lot of gusto. Uh, But please put that on your list of some of something to see in the month of August. I know, you know. I yeah, know. I saw. Well, I like Richard Linklater's movies a lot. Anyway, I mean, his first one was Slacker, and then he did Reality Bites. But he's also done. Um, he did School of Rock. Like School he just he just has a wonderful sensibility to him. And I saw him on um, on John Stewart the other night, and I I he just he's very humble, and he talked about just how extraordinary it was that they got really lucky with the cat. 
class. That that kid, you know, I mean, a lot can happen from six to eighteen. Yes. And uh, every week, he said it really was. Every year, it was like a family coming back together, and just just to kind of visualize that in such a long term. Um, you know, project that is really hard to do and hard to pull off. You know, it's one thing to say we should do this, but to actually do it and pull it off well. So I am looking forward to that. I was, I tried to get my husband to see it this weekend, but, um, he fell asleep. So, (laughs) well, again, if you need to create your own me week, mini me week, whatever you need to do. It's interesting. The director I read, he said that he knew what he wanted. The ending of that movie was from the very beginning. And when you see that movie, it's really going to make you think, like how he could conceptualize that. Okay. That, that ending. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Well, Julie, that sounds good because I, I have to tell you, you know, one of the reasons August we're doing a hiatus from the podcast is I am trying to finish the draft of my third book. And uh, for me, when I get into the... Fiction writing is a very different process than just writing blog posts or even doing these podcasts, producing those or the author interviews. It's just very different. It's very all-consuming and you have to kind of give yourself over to it. So I'm I'm thankful that we're doing this uh, hiatus in August because I really need to sort of write six days a week to get that done. And uh, so I was intrigued because um, that's my goal for August. So when I got my current August issue of O Magazine, um, the cover story is your breakthrough is on its way how to move past what's holding you back okay julie so you're having me weak and there are a lot of good articles in this uh particular package this particular um issue of o magazine but one in particular so this is what i'm going to do to get set up for august okay you know peter walsh is their australian organizing expert Mm-hmm. And yes. so I saw this in the little sideline, and this is what I need. Instant epiphany. Instant epiphany, Julie, don't we all? Yes. And so he said, create a stimulating space. And that's, I think if you saw my office right now, the word stimulating is not. Is what's, not going on, what's going on in the home office, Liam? You know, my home office just becomes this freakish dumping ground for everything that cannot be classified as like barrack stuff, you know? Okay. <laughs> if okay. it's not sort of related to bills or school, but it's just stuff we have around, it just gets dumped in my home office. So it's free-ranging crap is what it you It is. And it's uh-huh. piles, because I've been doing so many interviews, it's piles of books I've been reading and, you know... It's, it's business cards I haven't categorized and, oh gosh, it's all the school stuff. As I look around now, it actually gets worse. It gets worse, not better. So I, I do need to sort of spend a day or two before August 1, before my write-a-thon begins, to create a stimulating space. So these are, the, these are what Peter suggests. Okay, engage your senses. So this is for anyone who wants to have a breakthrough. Julie, I don't know if there's anything you're going to be working on in August, but here you go. Okay, well, it's all part of my me week, Lynn. Yeah. I'm going to fit this in right now. I'm okay. not even going to wait until it's August 1st. Okay, go ahead. Okay, here you go. Engage your senses. The next time you're feeling stymied, find a way to smell, taste, or touch something out of the ordinary. And that is not old coffee, I'm assuming, because uh, <laughs> I have plenty of that. So, sure, it sounds crazy, but I once filled a desk drawer with sand so I could stick my feet in it and think of Cancun. 
Your senses oh, get. Leanne, please I know. Do not do that. I'm not going to do that. You, you are going to regret that. I don't. Gonna... Uh, yeah, I okay. don't need. Okay. I don't need sand. But I need my senses to quote get caught up in this other experience, sparking all kinds of creative energy. All right, so I need to get some candles. I think Julie. I need maybe to introduce some texture to my office with some yeah, fabrics. Yeah, I mean, you could get yeah. like you know go to IKEA and get one of those like furry things. Yeah, that you can that... just put in your chair. Or oh, something. I need a furry thing. That's a good idea. All right, so I'll get a furry thing. Okay, number two, build something. I'm always buying little model kits of famous landmarks like the Eiffel Tower, or Big Ben, because concentrating on putting them together gives me pinpoint focus and clears out a lot of cobwebs. All right. I have no interest in building anything. I'm not. <laughs> Is that why I don't have pinpoint focus? Because yeah. I don't want to build anything either. I hate building Liam. things. Yeah. I... Well, how about Legos? You've got a, you've got quite a few of those hanging around your house. That is true. Why don't you, why don't you just take some of your son's Legos, put them up in your, clear off some of that free ranging crap and maybe just make something little. You could do that, Leanne. <laughs> All right. I think of cooking that way, you know, that to me, it does sort of do the same thing as building, but all right, Peter, I'll try that. And his third and final suggestion, which I do do, is read outside the box. And this one I liked. Go buy three magazines you'd never normally pick up. They can be about photography, home decor, woodworking, anything outside your usual realm. Leaf through them and discover what other people think about. We control so much of what we encounter online, on television, in our daily routines, but letting stuff come at us from left field helps foster new ways of seeing. And I think that's a good one. It's like you and your me week going, you know, trying some shows and watching some movies and stuff. You never know what's going to come of that. I like that, Lee, and popular mechanics, perhaps, Yeah. you know, psychology today. Yeah. You, you could get... I, I think that's that's an excellent suggestion. Yeah, so there okay. there you go. Those are my breakthrough. That's how I'm going to break through this August. First, I just need to get all this crap out of my office. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that actually should be step one. Get the crap out of your office. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to work, Leanne. I yeah. think that uh, it's I, – I think that's – but I like it because it's not too many steps. Okay? That's, you're right, Julie. Yeah, that's good. If it was <laughs> 10 ways, I couldn't do 10. But I think we can do these three, and yeah. I think that will be really good. Okay. Yeah. Well, Leanne, it is Tuesday, and I have some trends for you. Good. We need to we need to discuss. I got four issues for you today, and the first one: Have you been to Gap Kids? Have you been by a Gap Kids um, store? Uh, Not recently. Last, in the last week. No. Okay. Well, if you look in the windows, guess what the number one color is, Leanne, in Gap Gap clothing's uh, Gap. Kids clothing, not adults, but kids. But blue. No, gray, Leon. Everything is gray. It has turned into the restoration hardware. Have you noticed that? <laughs> no. Same thing that happened to restoration hardware. I know. They used to have really nice things. Now everything is gray. It's gray that they and sell. oversized. That's gray and oversized. <laughs> well, that's, unfortunately, this is what is happening to Gap's kids. And it's part of a larger trend in children's clothing for uh, towards minimalism that what parents want now is they want to dress their children in the same like donna karen clothes that they have on oh. so if they wear a lot of gray and black um that's that's what they want their children to wear tutus are out sequences out sparkles are over no more pink no more purples okay we just we want our children 
in linen smocks yeah. and and gray sweatshirts and gray clothes and cotton itchy pants. Okay, so I'm guessing this, you don't approve of this, Julie, I, by the tone of your sarcasm. I, I'm really sad about this, Leanne. Well, first of all, because I think children are children. I don't think they're adults. If you're an adult and you would like to wear gray, so be it. Okay. I think you're going to, you run the risk of turning into restoration hardware. Just follow that store. If you think wearing gray is going to improve your life, I really don't think of it. I don't think it's going to happen. You can embrace a little gray is okay, but not, not that much. But the idea that we, you know, turn our, you know, these, you know, children into mini me's that they have to all look like Surrey crews. I just, I think it's wrong, Leanne. Okay. I mean, it's the only, it really, I mean, I know you've just come back from Comic-Con where there's a lot of people, grown-ups in costumes. Yes. I don't approve of at all. But um, I really do think this is, children, this is the time that you should wear, you know, be able to wear the Darth Vader costume. Right. Or if you want to be wear a cape all day, or, you know, if you want to wear a ballerina tutu or a princess costume, fine, okay? Right. But parents are saying, no, no, they want them in more sort of serious clothes, but not even the traditional, you know, like sailor suit conservative stuff. They don't want that. They want, they want sort of New York urban gray clothes for the kids. <laughs> okay. All right. So what do you think, Leanne? Do you I'm think not for it. It's going to last. No, you're not. No. Okay. Cause you know what kids, they, they're going to be drawn to colors. And yeah, I think Prince George is offsetting all of that with his dashing stripes and his uh, blue palette and his overalls. I think we're in good shape. Okay, Liam, that's that's very positive. Yeah. Okay. That, that's I don't right. like kids in black at all. Yeah. I don't yeah. like kids in black. Yeah. Yeah. Period. I mean, it's a practical color for kids. I mean, when you think about like the dirt, the dirt. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gray, there is a certain timelessness to gray, but it's especially cute when it's paired with like bright pink or, you know, stripes. You know, there's a, you know, the classic gray t-shirt on a boy. I'm fine with that. But he should be wearing, you know, plaid shorts. <laughs> That's... Okay. Plaid shorts. You heard it here first. Yeah. Just let's, we're going to protect those, Leon. Okay. Okay. Here are the, the next trends I want to talk to, uh, talk about are two pregnancy trends that I kind of picked up on. You know, my daughter-in-law is pregnant. They're expecting their first child at the end of August. Um, and the first thing, it is now very common and very popular. And you can sort of Google this, uh, you know, fire up the internet and check this out. A lot of people are doing pregnancy photographs. That, you know, in the same way that you do engagement photographs where the young couple are photographed together, now the couple um, are photographed with the very pregnant, um, the pregnant woman. And there's a lot of, you know, stomach holding and stomach bearing and they're in thoughtful poses, sometimes not so thoughtful poses, sometimes funny poses and, but um what do you think about this, Leanne? Okay, I'm Googling uh, it now. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it just seems like a very personal time. I can see if you want to remember that time in your life. Uh, I don't need to see it on Facebook. You don't need to share it with me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't understand those photos of celebrities together when she's pregnant. She always puts her hand on her stomach. It's it's like the international sign for I'm pregnant. I'm not fat. That bothers me. <laughs> so, you know, I see what you mean, though. There are a lot of sort of hipster photos. 
I don't know. But this is a generation that takes photos of everything, Julie. This is well, a that, gen- that's true. But they document like- everything and you know, to them they're the first people ever to get pregnant. And that's okay. So I can't just don't you don't oh gosh, here are a few horrifying ones. Oh <laughs> wow. So- oh yeah. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Oh, oh that yeah. is oh wow. Um you're yeah. right. All right. See, Google it now, and I think you'll see. Some are yeah. tasteful. Others are just... It's a slippery slope. And here's it the is. Main, here's the main message, if you're considering this. You are not Demi Moore. That's yeah. what you really need to be thinking. Okay, she already did that. It was on the cover right. that of Woody Fair. And uh, she had, you know, she was had lots of excellent lighting, makeup, and she previously had had a great deal of plastic surgery. So that, but, it's, and it's all been done. So. Holy cow. Here's one where they've done a, like a henna design on the stomach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Oh, wow. Oh, you got to Google this, people. Pregnancy photos. Just Google it. Click on images, and I think you'll see Julie's objections. Some okay. are sweet. Others, wow. Okay. Yeah. Woo. So yeah. just stay away. I, yeah. I would just say stay stay away with that, from that. I, I'm not sure that's, that's not a trend I can get behind. Oh, God. <laughs> Here's another one. What Leah. the? Okay. Oh, Liam, Liam, focus here. Okay, I'm sorry. These are horrifying. All right, go go ahead, Julie. What's another pregnancy trend? Pinpoint focus. Okay, the (laughs) other pregnancy trend um, is something called the push present. I don't know. Is that that popular in California? It's been around a while. I have heard for the last decade, I've heard people refer to it or I'll say, oh, that's a pretty ring bracelet. And someone will respond and say, oh, is my push present. Your push present. Yeah, this is this is now a whole new ca- category of gift buying for your partner. That you know, the idea is that you have gone through labor and delivery, and as a reward, your partner is going to give you uh, a necklace with um, the baby's initial on it, or a, a ring, or a bracelet. It's a piece of jewelry. Now, first of all. Your reward is that you're getting a baby, okay? <laughs> Can I say that? Uh, heaven sent, God bless, baby, okay? And and hopefully your baby is happy and healthy. I, I I just I just don't even see the need for a present at that particular moment. You know, I, I don't I just don't get that. I, I see this as just sort of creeping commercialism. It's just it's just another it's another way, you know, it's just a branding of of something that probably doesn't need to be branded and you certainly don't need to go out and buy presents for it. I think it sets up the wrong expectation and it, it puts a lot of pressure on the partner, the father in the case where, oh my gosh, if I, you know, if he doesn't come up with a push present, then, oh, you know, the you know, I, I just think it's wrong, Liam. That's that's what I think. Yeah. Well, I can see that you do, Julie. You know, I can't speak out strongly against presents because I think presents are awesome. But um Yes, I and I enjoy jewelry, Liam. Yeah. I, I, so I you know, I, I don't feel as strongly about it as you do. I, that's the, I would say that. I think if your, uh, your partner, your spouse is moved to reward you for doing a miraculous thing, ah, so I'm okay with that. I don't like the name push present because that's weird. But uh, a present, I, I'm fine with that. 
<laughs> okay, Liam. And you get it whether you have a cesarean or 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 a vaginal birth, Liam. Okay. Either way. Either way you get it. Okay? All right. Third trend, Liam, is it just me or are are new, are the reality shows are there more naked reality shows? In fact, I looked this up, Liam, because I didn't know. But there are now three naked reality shows. This is a, a new trend. I guess they've run out of Real Housewives. They've run out of dating concepts. They've run out of survivor concepts. So there's a show on Discovery Channel, Naked and Afraid. Have you seen this? No. Okay, it's they have a guy and a girl and they put them out in the woods uh, for like uh, some period of time and they just have to fend for themselves and they're naked and they're cold and but they have to eat bugs and they get dirty and uh, but that's the show. Okay, (laughs) but they're naked, but you don't you don't actually see anything. I mean, there's a lot of foliage uh, always at at key moments, but um, that's one show. There's a new show on VH1 called Dating Naked. Oh, I have. I've seen the preview of that. I, that just sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And But this is one. The third one, Leon, I think is one that might appeal to you and your husband because your husband's <laughs> in the real estate business. It's calling Buying Naked. Okay. So it's a real estate show, Leon. Okay. Uh-huh. But essentially what they've done is that you look at properties in a nudist colony. So it's... <laughs> oh, that... Okay, so that's bad. Seems unnecessary to so, mix those two things. I, I, I mean, I don't know. We could do, we could do our podcast naked, Leon. That, uh, <laughs> we, I mean, it just, you could. I just, you know, I mean, are we going to see talent shows, naked talent shows? You know, so that there'll be uh, singing contests that will be done naked now, Leon. It's, uh, it seems like it's a whole new spinoff that. Because they've run out of original ideas. They're just asking people to take their clothes take off. Take their clothes off. It's and the guess same, what? Yeah. People are doing it. This is the other thing. People are doing this. I, people enjoy, um, you know, nudity, Julie. I think some people really do. I, 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 you know, I can't say I don't need to. Like nothing is less appealing to me than watching people uh, be naked looking at real estate. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I want you to watch the show and get back to me. No, I'm not going to watch it. Okay. (laughs) That Naked and Afraid is strangely, you're sort of curious. Like, uh, I don't think the girl's going to make it. That at least is a concept. Like, I can see, you can see in your wildest imagination that something like uh, that might happen. Yeah. You know, you're, it's a survival show. So it kind of makes sense that you don't even have clothes. That's like right. one layer of protection, protection stripped away, but naked and real estate, there's just no, even if you're moving into a nudist colony, you don't have to look at the real estate naked. There's nothing to be gained by that. <laughs> I don't know, Leanne. I don't know. I don't know either, Julie. <laughs> okay. Well, those are my trends for you, Leanne. I want you to think about them. Okay. All right. But not too, not too hard. <laughs> not too okay. hard. A uh, couple of things. I have been doing uh, the Satellite Sisters Word Ride Festival. If you haven't listened to the interview with Claire Cook, it's kind of, it's it's all about reinvention. I taped that last week and posted it. I think it's a really fun interview. So if you're looking for your own uh, little uh, reimagining this August or September, start by listening to Claire describe her story. I really enjoyed talking to her and her book is great. Uh, so all that can be found at SatelliteSisters.com. I was going to tape my last Word Write um, today. 
today with my friend Linda Francis Lee. She is a women's fiction writer and she also writes romance. And Julie, I thought you would be particularly interested because she's a Texan, native Texan living in New York. So her latest book is called The Glass Kitchen and it has a lot of wonderful elements to it. Uh, It's about a Texan who has a terrible divorce and relocates to New York City and her sisters are there and their recipes and cooking and a little bit of ESP and romance. And uh, I was really looking forward to talking to Linda. And then when we connected today, her neighbor started a remodeling project and I couldn't hear one thing she was saying. So, but I do want to mention Linda's book and I'll put a link to it on our um, Satellite Sisters homepage. So you can find it. It's called The Glass Kitchen and it's a good August read. It's got a lot of good food in it and a lot of, uh, a lot of good romance in it. She's a, so it's a fun read and it has a lot of, you know, fish out of water, Texan in New York stuff. It was fun. So I'm going to try to talk to Linda in September. And then the other book I wanted uh, to alert you to, we've mentioned Kyra Sundance before. She is one of our satellite sisters who's also a very famous dog trainer. So she sent me a copy of her new book, 101 Dog Tricks Kids Edition. Yes. Julie, this is the cutest book. It's all done with photos and it's photos of kids teaching their dogs all these awesome tricks like uh, a hoop jump and going on the balance beam and touch my hand and, you know, dogs jumping over things and playing peekaboo. I mean, and I know in the Satellite Sisterhood, we have a couple of new dog owners. And if you're looking for ways to like get your kids engaged with your dog, this book is so cute. I have to tell you. And so I have set a personal goal for Mia. Okay. This is for August. Yeah. Mia's got to do a, a yes. dog trick in August. Yes. I'm going to teach you this because I figure if the kids in these book, in this book can teach their kids, their dogs, this, I can do it. Like hide your head under a cushion. That would be funny to teach your dog, wouldn't it? They're the cutest tricks. Okay. So here's the thing. Mia has one uh, super skill. She can open doors. She takes her big German shepherd nose and she actually, uh, like turns door handles and can walk through them. Um, so she can let herself in even through a couple of doors. She's figured out with, uh, the big nose and a little bit of body weight, how to open actual doors. But in Kyra's book, you can teach your dog to close the door. <laughs> Well, Liam, that would be something. Wouldn't that, that be great? That would be great, Liam. That okay, be- so that's my goal in August. We're going to work on closing the door because she already knows that opening <laughs> the door is one of the tricks and she can already do that. So we're going to teach her how to close the door. So, Okay. I don't that's- need her to balance on a brick or paint with her paws or hide her head under a cushion. But it would be awesome if she could close the door. So that's what I'm going to work on in August. That's our, Stay that's tuned. Our goal. That's a cliffhanger right there. Will Mia be able to close the door by the <laughs> beginning of September? That's right. Liz promised a cliffhanger. There it is. It has to do with like scent, putting scented tape on the door. It's going to be awesome. And this little adorable eight-year-old girl in the book seems to be able to teach her collie to do it. So I know I can teach me to do it. So Kyra, we're going to have you on in September. I'll report back on Mia's progress. And then uh, one last thing before we wrap up for the summer. Okay. I heard, I heard this conversation on the train, Julie. And um, you know, I mentioned I couldn't read on the train. And I just like to stare out the window and space out. Um, but I also like to over 
you know, listen to people's conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, an occupational hazard as a writer. So on Sunday, as we were coming back from Comic-Con, the train was packed or Saturday, the train was packed. And uh, there are a lot of people just getting on and off because you stop in a lot of beautiful seaside towns, including Del Mar, where the racetrack is down there. So the train was packed and people were standing behind me. And there was a big group that got on in Del Mar and um, they were clearly just going a couple of stops up to Irvine. But in the meantime, I was listening to one of their conversations <laughs> and this is a man and a woman and they were describing their morning. And one of them said, oh, we went to so-and-so's bakery and we had a coffee and, and then there was a slight hesitation and said, and then we had some blueberry sconces. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sconces? like, sconces. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I just can't think clearly it's scones, you know, and, and then the man said, oh, really? I love sconces. And then the two of them. Honest to God, Julie, they proceeded to use the word sconces in place of scones like a hundred times in a conversation. I have never heard people use a singular noun that often in a conversation. It was like, oh, really? What other sconces did they have? Well, they had, you know, it was cherry sconces and apricot sconces. <laughs> and, oh, were the sconces good? Well, the sconces were a little dry. You know, sometimes I like the moisture like the sconces my grandmother used to make. And I was like, it's scones for God's sakes. <laughs> I, like, I couldn't turn around. I couldn't say anything. They must have said sconces a hundred times. And then... This was the best. And then the woman wrapped up the sconces conversation by saying, you know, I had it once at a hotel in London and they served the sconces with cluttered cream. <laughs> <laughs> cluttered cream. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Okay. It's okay, Leon. I think that's it, Leon. I think that's it. Cluttered cream and sconces. <laughs> May you have a wonderful August. Thank you. We're gonna miss you. And please come back in September. <laughs> and don't it's forget. Amazing they got any food. I know, I know. Mr. and Mrs. Malaprop. Miss, if you went up into the bakery and say, I'd like some cluttered cream and sconces, please. <laughs> and honestly, sconces is kind of an obscure word. Like, that's a harder word to come up with than scones. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay folks. Jump <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whew. All right. Have a great month. All right. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>